What's good, football fans? Back at you once again with another podcast. And today I'm coming on to to just, you know, reboot this whole podcast over here. You know, I haven't really been coming on for the last year and a half and doing the thing over here. And to be quite honest with you, since 2019, things have kind of just been in a whirlwind. My original idea and thought was to use this podcast as a means to convey more, you know, in-depth conversations about this or that or whatever. But I also want to utilize the YouTube following that I have and, you know, put things out over there as far as breaking news and more in-depth topics where I want to get into something and talk about a position or whatever the case may be. But I really wanted to get back to doing this. You know, my plans heading into the 2019 offseason were to, you know, build the podcast up and do a lot of different things with different creators and, um, you know, other Washington fans that I had in mind, which a few I fell out of touch with and a few that I just haven't talked to in forever. But of course, everything happened with the pandemic and then of course, the name change, and you know, it's just been a big whirlwind, and I really wanted to get back to this, you know, I know over on YouTube, this will be year 14 that I've been doing uh, videos on multiple channels, it's not the one channel I'm on now is not the channel that I've been on forever, I've actually been on three different channels talking and doing, you know, edited videos, and it's not even counting the other amounts of, uh, of YouTube channels that I've had over the years, but, you know, I really wanted to get back to where I was heading in, in, in that direction, and I also wanted to let everybody know that may listen to the podcast and not the YouTube channel, that you definitely need to go over and subscribe to me on YouTube. That is the main hub of what's going out as far as content goes with me, and I also want to start using the uh, the website more. You know, I haven't been using that much as of late either, uh, httrforlife.com. Even though the name has been removed or changed, I still am going forward with what my social you know, media names have been. Right now, most of them are sitting at Rated Redskins. That may change in time, but right now it's going to stay the same. I am, however, open to suggestions, you know, if anybody has got one that's that's worth talking about. But until I see something that's better, it's going to stay as Rated Redskins Radio. You know, I'm still here. I'm still rooting for this football team, and I still want nothing more than for them to get back to winning. Save all the politics. Save all the BS. Save all the name discussions for another day. I'm here for football. That said, if you're a creator and want to come on the podcast, hit me up on on Twitter or, or, you know, it's not hard to find one of my emails that's floating around at this point. Hit me up and let me know. We could definitely set that up and talk about, you know, some ball, man. I'm I'm all about talking ball at this point. But since it's been a while since I made a video, I kind of wanted to go over some of the things that maybe I missed out over on YouTube or I've just missed out altogether on. And the first one I wanted to get into was the whole incident with DeShazer Everett. Now, as most of you know, DeShazer Everett was in an automobile accident uh, back at the end of December that killed his longtime girlfriend, Olivia Peters, beautiful woman. I'm not going to go all Tom Lavero on this unless the details that have yet to come out suggest I should. But according to several news outlets, Everett and Peters were said to be traveling north on Gum Spring Road when the vehicle went off the right side of the road and hit several trees while rolling over. Now, the investigation revealed that Everett was driving over twice the 45 mile per hour speed limit that was on the road just before the crash. And his girlfriend was taken to Stone Springs Hospital where she died later on that night due to her injuries. 
Two other Washington players, Jamin Davis and Benjamin St. Juice, told the police that they were driving in a car right behind Everett's after having gone out to dinner with him. And last week, Everett was formally charged with involuntary manslaughter, which, if he's convicted, has a maximum penalty of two years and up to $500 in fines. Now, obviously, I hope the best for this guy. You know, he's a grown man. You know, so he what he's done in his life is on him. But if he was doing 90 miles an hour in a 45 mile per hour zone, I don't see how he won't get convicted of this unless there's something that's missing here. Um, you know, from a team standpoint, no matter who you are, you you, you got to know that this is a distraction that involved, you know, a person who contributed to the defense and special teams and is a guy who is widely liked by all of his teammates you know but with the way that ron rivera has made it his thing to rebuild the culture within this franchise i wouldn't be surprised if Everett never puts the burgundy and gold on again now don't get me wrong we'll, we're gonna have to wait and see how all this plays out and my heart goes out to miss peter's family you know i i can't even imagine losing a daughter at the age of 29 it's just something that my brain won't lock on to. You know, parents are not supposed to bury their children. And, you know, obviously this is a bad situation and there's really no good way of putting it. Hopefully he gets everything together on that one. You know, another big thing that concerns this team is free agency, which, by the way, begins on March 16th. I feel like the future of this team really is at hand right now. You know, this might be the most important season for Ron Rivera and all of his new people that he's brought in. I don't necessarily think it's going to be the best free agency class. Looking at what they need, though, first and foremost, the quarterback conversation will both control and direct what that football team does this offseason. Rivera has consistently stated they are going to exhaust all possible avenues, including trades, to get their guy. Now, if they don't find a trade partner, Expect them to go after whoever the best options are available in free agency. Now, I'm planning on doing an entire podcast in the real near future to go over the, the different possibilities that could happen as far as getting a quarterback. But it'll likely be a lot of mid-tier names that I believe if they go after them you know, and go that direction will also go hand-in-hand -hand with the team you know, drafting a quarterback of the future as well. You know, when the draft comes in April. But keep in mind, if they make a trade, they'll likely have to give up a fair amount of draft capital to make it work. I mean, teams are not going to want to just hand over a quarterback that they have that might be good. Like like in Russell Wilson's situation, you're going to have to give up a couple picks and probably a player. I've heard Kyler Murray's name popping up lately. He's going to be ultra expensive and, you know... <laughs> It probably cost us three number ones to get, and I'm not even certain if he's worth that. I do believe, however, that he would fit the offense that we're in. Both of those quarterbacks would. And both of them would be an upgrade over what we had last year, just based on the simple fact of arm strength. But that's definitely the number one position that they're going to be looking to fill and to take care of and to move forward with this offseason. You know, the one after that, I believe, is going to be guard. You know, barring a miracle... This is the last waltz for Brandon Sheriff. It doesn't sound like the two sides are any closer to signing a long-term deal now than they were two years ago, you know, which 
just baffles me of how we've been able to we've been tagging this guy for a couple years and here we are with no long-term deal still in place you know it makes me think that either he's lying about wanting to stay with us for the rest of his career or his his agent is screwing him over I, i don't know which but that means that washington will be back in the free agent guard market despite having Wes Schweitzer over there. Now, I believe that Schweitzer can do the job. The problem, of course, is is if you put him in, then they have no depth worth talking about behind him. And as we've all learned, injuries are going to happen. It's more so when than if, you know? And so you're always going to need some interior linemen and some guards. We have one of the best offensive line coaches in the business, so we know that he's going to coach them up and get them going right. Another position of need that has just been sticking out like a sore thumb is is that Mike linebacker, that middle linebacker. And while Cole Holcomb played decently at that spot last year, like in you know in, in spot situations, they like him a lot better on the outside. And the same goes with Jamin Davis. You know, in 2021, the team learned that Davis is not a middle linebacker either. Well, at least. Not right now, anyways. You know he's got a lot of work to you know to do and a lot of time to put in to get where they need him if he's ever to play the mic 100% of the downs. But I am 99.99% sure that John Bostic won't be on the roster, so that opens the door for either signing one linebacker during free agency or drafting another one. Now, me personally, I'd rather see them sign a couple of you know depth pieces in free agency. Maybe a guy that can play some downs, but isn't necessarily a starter. You know, maybe some special teams help because they always need a couple of linebackers to play on special teams. But I really would love it if somehow or another they can get a linebacker early on at the top of that draft. Now I know that everybody is you know kind of locked into wanting to take a quarterback, but there is a couple of big names in this draft at the linebacker position that Washington really should do their due diligence on i mean he would plug a couple of these guys would plug very nicely into what we already have truth is it's a major position of need for that football team and technically it's the biggest piece left to fill on that side of the ball i also think you know talking about depth i also think that they need maybe to address the cornerback position as well also free safety you know that one depends solely in my opinion on if the front office wants to bring Bobby McCain back or not. Obviously, that's going to have to come down to dollars and cents. Does it make sense for them to pay him more money or to let him walk and then try to fill his role somewhere else? You know, if they decide he's too expensive, I could see them turning to look for someone or maybe a one-year prove-it deal. You know, Rivera has done well in his short time in D.C., by finding those small gems in the mix, you know, hopefully this year is no different. Hopefully this year it will be the same in that aspect. And it should be noted that depending on what happens with the quarterback conversation, you know, if they can get a top tier guy, free agency might be kind to them in terms of looking for another wide receiver that can fully complement Terry McLaurin. I mean, having a, a franchise quarterback or having a, a big time quarterback sometimes makes other players want to come play for you. You know, I had my eyes completely plastered on Michael Gallup before he was injured at the end of last season. But one thing we don't need is another injury-prone wideout after the Curtis Samuel situation last year. Now, I think that Gallup's price will probably drop now that there are questions about his knee or 
whatever the case may be, you know. And I realize historically that Rivera and company have never really made big splashes in free agency, but and, uh, who knows? A, a big splash may be exactly what they need. To be clear, I'm all for it if they can do it and still re-sign the guys on the roster whose deals are coming up. Um, you know, mainly Terry McLaurin this offseason, but something has to be decided on soon with Deron Payne as well. I mean, he's he's sitting there on his last year. I'm interested to see how it all plays out, to be honest with you. you know, are they going to use Payne as trade bait? Like, most everybody has thought since that little skirmish on the sideline with him and Jonathan Allen, because we all know Jonathan Allen's not going anywhere. He's signed long-term. Is Payne the guy that we put, you know, in a package with some picks and maybe send it out for, for a quarterback? Who knows? We'll see. I, for one, can't wait for free agency to begin this year, and it's going to be here before we know it. It's a month away now, but it'll be here before you know it. Now, I want to touch on these new Daniel Snyder allegations just real quick. I don't have time for a bunch of arguing with people who want to take up for this guy, nor do I have a bunch of time to sit around and talk about a guy that I can't stand. But the day after the name was unveiled, several former employees made their way up on Capitol Hill and had a roundtable conversation with the Congressional Committee on oversight reform about the workplace issues they all said occurred years ago. Now, during that conversation, one of the former employees accused Daniel Snyder of a few things, including placing his hand on her thigh and trying to force her into a limo. I'm not going to go completely off on this one or go in on this one at this point, but let's just say that I'm more than just a little bit tired of douchey McDoucheface and his inept ways of finding himself in the news constantly. You know, it's a damn shame we can't get this guy to hire a CEO to run this team to keep his hands away from it. Or if he won't do that, it's a damn shame the NFL won't force this guy to sell. And we all know that they protect their own. They're going to do whatever the rest of the owners and him want to do. You know, and sadly, I don't think a rebrand is going to be enough to bring the fans back out in full force either. It's going to take a lot more than that. And I think that some fans have become so bitter with the product they've seen over the last 20, 30 years that the only thing that's going to make them happy is getting Douchey McDoucheface out of there. You know, and I don't mean plugging in his wife as his replacement either. I mean that whole family getting them out of there. I don't think that. You know, some people will never come back to, to that stadium again or to being a fan again as long as he's still there. Okay, I, I just don't see it. And it's more than just the name thing. I think it's a culmination of a lot of things over the years and people have just gotten to the end of their rope and they need something to happen one way or the other. I always say winning cures everything. For some, winning will not cure what they have, you know, as far as hatred goes for that man. And lastly, I wanted to talk a little bit about last night's Super Bowl uh, between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. You know, I thought it was a pretty good game, you know, um, and I believe if they can upgrade their line, I could see the Bengals being a force every year moving forward with Joe Burrow coming of age and all those weapons at receiver. And I mean, their defense is sneaky good too. Like a lot of people look past that defense, but they're, they're decent. You know, but in that game, in the end, it was all about Aaron Donald, you know, who I think might be the best player in the entire league. The guy's a monster. Is there any doubt in anybody's mind that he could have played back in the 70s in a tougher league? 
I believe he could have. I, maybe he'd have been thrown out of a few games because he has a tremendous temper, it looks like. But he's also backed up with, you know, he, he's he's huge. I mean, the guy's got, he, he's got muscle on top of muscle. I remember back in the day, and probably a lot of other people do too, but I remember back in the day when defensive linemen were big and fat, or at least big and, you know, modular. You know, not a guy who's... <laughs> consistently able to pin his ears back and he's the fastest guy on the line you know like that's not something that we were used to back in the day and i'm not trying to take anything away from matt stafford or cooper cup who was the mvp or anybody else that played well for that matter and i will say that i asked myself more than once last night what could have been you know had we offered more for matt stafford or if we would have met the demands you know that they had at the time i agreed with rivera you know and, and his band of guys that Detroit was asking too much. Uh, they just, they were, it just seemed like an out there thing when I saw that trade, you know, but looking back, maybe he was worth it. You know, I guess it all depends on how you want to build your team. You know, LA trades a lot of their picks and goes vet heavy, but it seems like it's working for them. So who am I to question it? I mean, they just won the Super Bowl, you know? I have to admit it, it was, it was kind of bittersweet to see uh, Sean McVay win a ring, but realistically, it just pointed out how, you know, yet again, how long it's been since we were there to do the thing, you know? Um, Sometimes when I think back on those championship years, it almost feels like I'm dreaming now, or it makes me feel like maybe we sold our soul to to the devil to be able to get those three rings. Oh, the things I would do just to see Burgundy and Gold back on top. Hopefully it happens when I'm still alive to enjoy it, right? But at any rate, that's about all I got for today. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast and subscribe over on YouTube um, for semi-daily content. For now, we're probably going to go with three episodes a week. I don't know how many videos that may equal on YouTube, but we're going to see how things go from there. Uh, Maybe try to get some guests lined up. I'll see you guys next time. You guys take it easy. Peace.